Good morning and Happy New Year. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran here in Warren, Oregon. Today I'm preaching on Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, timing is everything. There's a lot of truth in that statement. The difference between a good joke and a bad joke is a person's sense of timing. The wrong timing and the joke drops like a rock. If you're going to ask for a raise, you better understand timing. One does not approach the boss about a raise on the same day that the assembly line breaks down or he receives notice that the IRS is auditing his account books. Timing. Do not ask your wife to run some of your favors when the baby is crying, your son just wrote a nasty word on the wall with a permanent Sharpie and the microwave caught on fire. Timing is the difference between the perfectly toasted golden brown marshmallow and a lump of charcoal ash. Timing in the stock market is a difference between a Wall Street mogul and a man who just lost his entire retirement in a volatile market. Timing was crucial to the nativity story. It involved earthly empires and heavenly phenomena. Today's New Testament reading from the book of Galatians starts off with, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. This morning, I would take, like to take a look at what went into the fullness of time, coming for the arrival of the infant Jesus. If you say that something will happen in the fullness of time, you mean that it will eventually happen after a long series of events. Galatians 3 and 4 show us that God laid a foundation through the Jewish law that would prepare for the coming of the Messiah. Galatians 3 verses 23 and 24. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. People were prisoners by the law because they could not keep the law. When we read the Old Testament, we see that mankind tried everything possible to keep the law or to evade the law. However, all efforts led to condemnation. Not one person was able to keep the law. Christ Jesus came to fulfill the law for us, 
No longer do we live under the law, but now we live under the grace of God. Throughout the Old Testament, we find a multitude of false gods. Greek and Roman culture offered a plethora of gods. But over time, people were losing interest in gods that demanded blood sacrifices, but did not seem to offer much in return. They tried worshiping Satan, who also requires a blood sacrifice, but offers very little in return. These blood sacrifices had to be repeated. They were never quite good enough, and the people were running out of options. Then comes the Son of the true God. Only the gospel of Christ offers a God who gives his blood sacrifice on behalf of his worshipers. Among the more cultured folks, Greek philosophy and science had been tried only to leave those folks still feeling spiritually empty. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In the Nativity story, we see God use even the corrupt Roman Empire to serve his purpose. Since sin had entered the world, the Jews waited for the Messiah to come. And now there was great anticipation and desperation for the Messiah to come and overthrow the Roman rule. While the Jews yearned to be free of the Roman tyranny, Rome had unified much of the known world under its government. Because the occupied territories were ruled with an iron fist in fear, the people also lived in relative peace. The Pax Romana, the Roman peace, covered much of Europe, the Middle East, and Southwestern Asia. Highway bandits, rabble rousers, and rebels were quickly suppressed. And the Romans built an impressive network of roads in order to move troops swiftly and to carry messages quickly from Rome to the distant outposts. When I traveled in Europe, I walked and drove on ancient roads from Spain to Scotland, built with paving stones by the Romans over 2,000 years ago. Since it was safer and easier to travel, the disciples of Christ were able to travel far and wide to spread the gospel message, thanks to the Romans. The Roman army recruited soldiers from among the provinces that they occupied. These men were moved around and introduced to Roman culture and new ideas, such as the gospel, that had not yet reached the outlying provinces. Well, when these men went home, these new thoughts and beliefs went with them. In fact, the earliest introduction of the gospel to Britain was the result of the efforts of Christian soldiers stationed there. At the same time that Rome had conquered militarily, Greece had conquered culturally. A common man's form of the Greek language was now spoken throughout the Roman Empire. It was the commercial language for trading. 
having a common language made it possible to communicate the gospel to many different peoples and nations. The disciples turned evangelists could go to new areas knowing that there would be someone with whom they could communicate. The timing of Christ's arrival fulfilled a specific prophecy in Daniel 9. It is a complicated calculation of 77s that mathematically ends at the time of the crucifixion of Jesus. A century ago in his book, The Coming Prince, Sir Robert Anderson gives detailed calculations of this prophecy that ended on the very day of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, five days before his death. When Jesus was quite young, Joseph received a warning from God in a dream that he needed to flee Judea quickly as King Herod was desperate to kill this baby. So Joseph took his family to Egypt where they lived for a few years. Now, how could Joseph, this poor peasant, have found the funds needed for this trip except that God had sent the Magi with gold and expensive frankincense and myrrh? Timing is important for our spiritual lives as well. Jesus emphasized that the time to become a believer is now. If we put it off until we have done some earthly endeavors, good or evil, we could easily find that we have run out of time. This also goes for making peace, settling conflicts, offering apologies, and mending broken relationships. The time is now. In our Galatians text, Paul lists six blessings that flow to us because Christ came. We are redeemed from living under the law, verse 5a. We're freed from a law that we cannot keep. We are adopted into God's family, verse 5b. This gives us full rights as sons and daughters of God. The Holy Spirit now lives with us, verse 6a. We have an advocate and a counselor at our disposal to guide us on the right path. We call God Father, verse 6b. Not just Father, but Daddy. We are on a familiar, familial terms with He who created all that is. He who keeps the earth rotating on its axis. He who has the power to zap everything that is into oblivion at his will, and we call him Daddy. We are now God's children, verse 7a. We are not his slaves to do his bidding. Rather, we should want to serve God anyway because, we, because of what he has done for us and his perfect love for us. Finally, we are the spiritual heirs of God. Verse 7b, we are heirs along with Jesus. We are exalted saints. The timing of Christ's incarnation was such that the people of that time were prepared for his coming. The people of every century since have more than sufficient evidence that Jesus was the promised Messiah through his fulfillment of the, of the scriptures that prophesied his coming in great detail.
There are over 300 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. There are 11 Old Testament prophecies specifically about Jesus' birth and death. For some, there will never be enough proof for them to believe. The wise do not need proof. The evidence is simply confirmation of what we already believe. Christ Jesus is the Son of God. Christ Jesus is the Messiah. Amen.